0: What's up guys welcome in to your friday september 30th we finally made it to the end of this month this is your obr film breakdown episode for the day uh, i'm your host jake burns longest month of my life man we've had so much stuff go on we took a trip at the beginning of the month that was absolutely terrible uh and then driving was terrible conditions the trip wasn't fun the hotel was like something out of the shining not great come back have a surgery come back again from the surgery we had to put our dog down it's been a tough month for Jake. So I'm not gonna be upset to see September uh, leave. I'm I'm ready for it to go. And for our last episode here of September, I, I I like to to close out the month with good friend of the show, good friend of mine, John Calesimo. John, what's up, man? Welcome into the show. Pumped to have you, brother.
1: Yeah, pumped uh pumped as well, man. you know, uh haven't had a month uh as tough as yours, but I have had a 24 hours about as tough as, uh, as you can hope for. So, um, it's good to kind of be wrapping this up and getting out of KC um, tomorrow morning as early as can be, but, uh, glad to be doing the show tonight.
0: The funniest thing in the world is you you'll tweet something and I've done this before too, where you'll, you'll tag the company that is terrible. And if you don't know John's situation, he put it out there on Twitter a little bit. He had flight, terrible flight issues and then got into the, to the, uh, got into the, Hotel he's supposed to be at the book the route that's overbooked and they knew that like you said he told me John you knew that it's not like they couldn't have sent you a text and said hey man start planning otherwise it's overbooked <laughs> no no courtesy. <laughs> just show up to the place. They tell you it's overbooked. So yeah, John's not had a great night, but the funny thing is like the company will respond after you've complained. They'll say, Hey, let us know all of 17 details and we'll, we'll see what we can. It's like, Hey man, I had to say, read the room. He doesn't want that. Just <laughs> shut up. He doesn't want your response. Just wants to complain about your company and put out some bad publicity. We don't need you to say, Hey, DM us. You know, I appreciate the social me- uh, media manager out in the middle of nowhere. Who's doing that and probably making pennies. But, um, that automated response that triggers there is, uh, it's not great, so I hope I gave you a little bit of a laugh on that because oh, those things are never—they're never appropriately timed. They're just never. You're getting people at their most angry. <laughs> and it's like, hey, let's <laughs> send them a, a, another thing that asks them to do more stuff for us. Let's do that.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's the dumbest thing yeah, in the a, world. Yeah,
1: it's an odd strategy.
0: It <laughs> is an odd strategy. I don't think it ever really works out, if you ask me personally. But maybe it has for some people. They've complained and gotten something out of it. But I just find it hilarious that like. That they would want to say, hey, let's let's let this algorithm here uh, shoot out this message to people when they're pretty pissed off. Not like a day later in the morning when they've calmed down, maybe. But nonetheless,
1: um, people love auto calls, you know, they oh, people love talking to robots. So love it. it makes sense.
0: Yeah. You can't tell that message has been copy pasted a thousand times, a million times, actually, probably. Um Okay, so I want to give you a chance, like I give Jordan a chance the day before, John. Like, any closing thoughts on that Pittsburgh win? It's so long ago now. Hell, it's a week ago, and, you know, we've we've all moved on, and we had the long weekend. But I just just didn't know if you had anything worthwhile from that game or anything from the week here. Because it's been a busy week with Miles and everything around that.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I'll keep this super short. The only thing is you know um, I think it exposes uh, some of the things that we got to uh, ignore for a couple of weeks uh, which is the defensive interior I think it's uh, it works fine if you don't have uh, somebody really trying to you know um, pound somebody up the middle but uh, it sure felt bad uh, when Pittsburgh was doing what it wanted against those tackles and uh, I think that it kind of bringing it back to reality that, you know, yes, this this DT room is just as ill-equipped as you thought for that kind of full frontal assault. So it's it's just something to keep in mind for uh, some tougher matchups and people that will recognize and take advantage of that, particularly in the red zone.
0: Yeah, I was watching uh, a highlight today of Grover Stewart, who is a name you've probably 95 and maybe more percent of this podcast has never heard of him. Um, he's a defensive tackle for the Colts, and I was like, man, watching that guy play, and I'm like, that, that I, I, we don't get to do it. We don't get to break down. That's why I was really thrilled when J.O.K. put some great tape Uh, on uh, you know great action on tape you know some of his play and he's still you know he's still doing great things so that that part's fun but like breaking down the difference between average and above average like i've become desensitized to miles if that makes sense i've watched it for so long that some of the things he does don't they don't register as like oh no other dn in the league is doing that move right there you know does that make sense so no it does so I'm like watching Grover Stewart make these plays, displacing guards, hitting swim moves, doing all these things. Grady Jarrett's another one who I saw a highlight of today, and I was like, ooh, uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit when we talk about how to, how to beat the Falcons. But like uh, you, when you see these great defensive tackles who can who can blow up schemes because they're either displacing a guard or center, or they're hitting somebody with a quick move that, that uh, just totally alters the course of either the quarterback's drop or alters the course altogether of a uh, You know, the running back's course, and it's like, oh man, that would be so fun. It would be so fun. That's like the one position we've over the years now. We've seen spurts of decent quarterback play, right? Like we've seen some great quarterback games. We've seen some some unbelievable Miles Garrett efforts. Denzel's put together some great efforts. Even the offensive line, uh, the guards. We've seen Joe Thomas for years. I just it's been so long since the Browns have had a competent defensive tackle, like a really really good one. Uh, Sean Rogers, maybe. I mean, yep, is that? Yeah, that's
1: the one that immediately came to mind for yeah, me.
0: Yeah, so that that's one, but like. It's been so long. So seeing some and- of those clips, you're like, "Oh God, that's how it alters a complete game plan for for uh, a defense is is uh for an offense." I mean, it's, it's when you have this guy who can who can backside or frontside displace people and make it absolute hell to con- accomplish what you want to accomplish. So. Um, and you know what,
1: like too, like one more thing on that. It's like we've seen a bunch of Rams games, I think. If you watch primetime and obviously if you watch the playoffs, that kind of stuff. And it's it's almost like easy to like almost dismiss that because he's such a unicorn. Like it almost hits me harder when I see that above average guy, you know, like yeah. just doing things. you know, it almost just hits me harder, like, oh yeah, that would be nice. You know, whereas when I'm watching Aaron Donald, it's like, oh okay, yeah, he's a freaking unicorn. You know, it's easy to kind of set that aside. If that makes any sense
0: it does it absolutely does because he's he's yeah we may never see another one of him but like and miles can be that way too i mean he can be uh where you're like oh a guy who's 6'6 275 bends the corner that easily like oh that that's probably not a that's not a thing that we should we should not see a reasonable so often. goal yeah, yeah right yeah it's but you get de- you really do get desensitized to it so it, it's it's weird like that and, and, and i don't know i just was sitting here watching some of those plays Uh, from those guys uh those two defensive tackles i'm like god man but that to to your point that that's that's the one position that i would love soon if the browns could figure out because i love to highlight great play from defensive tackles and they just they haven't had any for a while so it's kind of it's kind of a bleak uh, bleak situation there but yeah i thought that wrapped up really well now Taven Bryan could be out this week the things might get a little dicey and and uh um dicier than they are already because they're they're pretty dicey and they brought up Roderick perry from the practice squad and all that so we'll see man i don't i don't know it's it's a nerve-wracking situation altogether with the d-line if miles is in play like i said we'll we'll dig into that here in a little bit talking about what they have to do and how they have to overcome that or if they can even overcome that uh is a part of how they how we angle them to beat the falcons but that uh, there's there's just a lot to to digest when you think about some positions that they haven't they haven't quite pinned down yet not that you can pin down everyone but i was like man it'd be nice if for the next decade they figured out this this position right here that'd be fun so we'll see if they can do so otherwise um john i want to before we dig into what we always do which is the afc north i want to i want to kind of chat about a movie watching. It's a high John and I talk about movies occasionally. So if you are not into movies, skip past this. You can do whatever you want. It's gonna be a couple minutes here. But we try to give recommendations or thoughts on things that we've seen. So a movie that I think, John, you recommended this movie to me like five times. I finally got around to it one night when the kids weren't here. And uh it it, it was something I needed to really put my attention to. But having seen it twice now, I think it's a life-altering movie. If you're a deep thinker and you enjoy it, it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it is it's probably as unique a movie as i've ever seen. i don't really know what other way to say that. P- pitch it to people to watch it because i want people to watch it and give me feedback and shoot us dms. like put a joint dm together or tag us both on a tweet because that movie is it's unbelievable. It's so good and and like i said, give me your elevator pitch on it.
1: yeah, i i mean it was so weird like um it just it's so weird in the fact that you know I had texted you and it was I think it was pretty late here because where um, I was in Kansas City I went to the theater by myself and watched it and um, I walked out of it like almost confused and not sure how to express what I just saw and um, I think like the next day you got back to me and he like asked me well what'd you think and i like I'm not sure yet and it was like <laughs> funny to hear you have almost the same reaction to it. I think you even had to split it into two parts because this is a long movie. You know, it's I think it's like two and a half hours. But um, what I would say is like, it's not going to be what you expect. I can guarantee you that, (laughs) you know, you can watch a preview. I don't care. And it's still going to not be what you expect in the end. Um, It's uh, it's definitely a movie that'll make you think. Um, and my elevator pitch is like you know that it's a movie that is gonna make you go through a um, the whole range of emotions like you know you're gonna there'd be times where like you probably think that this is silly this is stupid this is amazing might make you cry you know like all those things like uh, that's kind of what I would say like it just makes it such a unique movie because I I if you ask me for another movie that did just that thing, um, I'd have a hard time coming up with it. And, you know, uh, I wouldn't even try it right now. You know, maybe I'll, I'll tweet it uh, when you tweet out the show, if I can think of it. But like, that's my elevator pitch. Like, is, this is going to take you through the whole range of emotions. And I would say, you know, if, uh, if I was a director, I would consider that a, a wild success if I could make somebody do that.
0: It is a movie that made me think more than just about any movie I've ever seen. It made me think, it made me question my stance in life as a 33-year-old. It made me just um, just, just take into account everything that goes on in my day-to-day, but also my philosophies about how I go through a day-to-day. And I think as you get into your 30s and you settle into the routine of, I'm not in college anymore, I'm not excited about these early jobs I've had in my life, and now I'm kind of like figuring out who I am, what I like, what makes me happy, how I do it. This movie is as good as it gets to kind of challenge your brainwaves on that. And um, the the discussion we've had around it, I really appreciate. And I hope we can have some more of that if people see it. So that's our pitch. That's our movie of the week. Maybe we'll do like a movie or show of the week. We'll try to do our best with that. But that's that's everything everywhere all at once. We're going to take a quick break. Word from our sponsors here at Blue Wire. And we'll be right back. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250K in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league including the nfl nba mlb pga mma and nascar sign up with this promo code which is very simply for the fans of this podcast obr use that promo code obr at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app store and get a first deposit match up to 25 dollars. so again promo code obr make sure to check out no house advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR,
2: nohouseadvantage.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
0: So watching the game in Miami here, uh, sorry, it's in Cincinnati, uh, Tua Tagovailoa just got hit, um, and I know you're not watching, John, so I'm telling you kind of live here. He got thrown down in a way that his helmet slammed the ground again, and his hand, and I say again because last week, I don't know if you saw the clip, John, of last week where he looked really dazed, Yeah. Uh, and they said it was a back injury. Well, he got hit there, and he was on the ground frozen with his fingers in a weird – I'm talking – I've never seen it, John. You're going to have to see it when we get off this pod. His fingers were frozen. His index finger was la- – I've never seen anything like it. I was actually listening to you talk there for a minute, and I was really jarred because I, I – the stretcher's out, and I don't know what's going to happen here. Oh, but, like, for the second – like, after last week where they sort of denied any concussion ramifications, when it looked pretty clear that it was more than just a back – this is uh this is pretty gnarly. He's on the he's on the field and um I'm shook, man. Haven't seen that up close. Uh, it was ugh, I I hope he's okay because that was really gross looking. His uh, they're showing it again. Um, I hope he's okay because that is scary. I've never seen anything like that. I'm never. You're getting a, my live reaction to it. His fingers were frozen in a way I've never seen before. His brain is not That's the scariest part of football, man. Ugh. Um. Anyway, I'm shook up a little bit. Let's let's talk through some of the AFC North here if we can. So, this game Cincinnati um this game has a lot of ramifications in terms of it'd be nice if the the Dolphins were to win it and put them at 1 and 3 uh, as we uh, move on from from that two a thing and I'm glad you can't see it cuz you'd be probably as shook as me, but uh, if the Dolphins win, to be nice. I think the, the early returns on Cincinnati is, hey, man, welcome back to Earth. It's not all going to be easy. And I think the biggest thing I've heard about, it looks like Tua does have some movement, so that's good. The biggest thing I've heard about uh, the Bengals, which I think is a very true fact, John, is year-to-year sack rates, even when you bring in a couple people based on quarterback play largely, remain the same. Sack rates, pressure rates remain close to the same. Now, it can get a little better. Lyle Collins has been a bit of a disappointment. There have been some disappointments here, but they remain the same. But explosive play rate is variable. It doesn't always... Explosive plays can be super capricious, up and down, unpredictable. Because teams can take them away. They're getting a lot of cover two, a lot of cover six, taking away those those easy one-on-one throws. And that's why they're struggling. They're struggling with it. And I'm not as intimidated by them, I think, as some people were before the season. So I think Cincinnati is going to have a very humbling season. They're going to be okay. They're going to win enough games. They might even make the playoffs. But they're not the juggernaut some people thought they would automatically be coming into this year. And this Miami game is showing that. It's 7-6 and late in the second quarter. And when Tua was playing, they were moving the football rather. You know, it it wasn't all too hard. And I think that, that Cincinnati's offense is still experiencing some up and downs.
1: Yeah, this is uh, definitely something that I expected. Um, there's plenty of things every single football season that I don't expect that happen. Uh, I am far from uh, a great predictor of those things. But this is something that I did feel like was going to happen. When you when you watched a lot of those Cincy games, uh, you know that their defense overperformed. You know that um, there were chase plays that were not something that you could just count on um happening all of uh, you know every year the same way those types of things and just like you said with so many teams playing too high and i mean there was uh quite a shift i feel like the early at least the early data says that um and then just the fact that just adding players just doesn't always uh work out the exact way and i think that we as browns fans if you were paying attention to um, you know the baker data um, then it's it says exactly what you're saying jake and i know you did but um that these sack and pressure rates you know they don't vary as much as you would think and there has been a uh, a big push on kind of the phrase that sacks are a quarterback stat and you know just like running backs don't matter um it's not meant to be taken literally, you know, it's not actually that running backs didn't matter. It just meant that, you know, you could predict to a large extent what running backs were going to get based on the success, of the blocking and, you know, the play calling and the men in the box and those types of things in a similar way. Um, you know, these pressure rates are, are similar and certain quarterbacks just, um, and I wouldn't say certain, like, each quarterback seems to have a bit of a signature when it comes to how they play the game, how they invite pressure. And those things can sometimes change over time. Uh, I've seen people talk about uh, people like Ben Roethlisberger uh, and Andrew Luck, who had this tendency to hang onto the ball for big plays. And, you know, we saw seasons where each of those quarterbacks got sacked a ton later in their careers, obviously much later for um, Ben Uh, versus luck you saw them shift to uh, a more uh, quick throw based um, play style not offense but the quarterback play style shifted in that way and what you'd see in that case um, is a a change to their time to throw and stuff like that so I think that there's just a lot of good kind of information in there and you're kind of seeing it play out in real time Um, if you're a Bengals fan or a Joe Burrow fan, let me put it that way, because it's more likely that we have we would have a Joe Burrow fan listening to this than a, a Bengals fan flat out. Um, you know, with him having processing speed as a, a, a plus, when you know he was evaluated as prospect and you know even early in the NFL, like he, he can lend himself to that at some point in his career, and he may have to to uh, to survive because you can't take the kind of sacks that he does. So I don't want to drag this on, but, you know, I think that that's kind of what you're looking at when, when it comes to that with, with him. And, uh, I think they were blocking a bit better, at least, uh, the early game that I was able to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks really are to a certain sizable percentage, a function of your quarterback's, uh, play style.
0: Couldn't agree more. I now I say that about the explosive plays. Miami goes zero blitz and T Higgins catches a 59 yard touchdown down the left sideline. So one thing. Why, why would you ever <laughs> zero blitz my, like, I don't understand Miami's. I think that whole thing shook them. I, I, I they had a blocked field goal uh, while you were talking. And then, um this this long touchdown I don't really know why they would ever go zero against this team It makes zero sense Joe Burrow eats it alive I told some guys I was talking to today I said if they go zero and just isolate these two outside guys someone should get fired but anyway um yeah to your point I mean that's that's my thought on Cincinnati I think the way Cleveland plays defense the coverages they use they they set up really well I think they set up really well for for how to play these guys and um I remain very optimistic about the play style the Browns have suiting beating Cincinnati it's just a matter of if the league can stop doing stupid stuff like we've seen from Miami here but again that Tua thing was pretty jarring the block field goal I I just feel like Miami's cashed out now I think after last week and all the things that happened in that weird game uh, it's uh hard to see them fixing it but anyway moving on um Next one here is – it's a huge one. It's a 1 o'clock. I mean, Buffalo can't play a primetime game every week, I guess, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's open to interpretation a little bit. Uh, They they play Baltimore, and, um, you know, they play Baltimore in what should be a really good game. Uh, Two quarterbacks who I think the thing that's interesting is both of them are accounting for an insane percentage of overall yards. Like, Lamar, I think, is going for, like, 85% of Baltimore's total output, which is – which is nuts. Um, nuts. It's really nuts. So uh, I don't think that's sustainable. The same with Josh Allen. These two teams, the running backs are not running the football well. The quarterback, Josh is handling things more with his arm. Lamar is handling it more with his legs. The sustainability and, uh, of all of that for for both of them I'm not sure how long that lasts I'm, I'm curious your opinion on how long you can go through a season playing that way I think I think everybody talks about this even the people who are the biggest proponents of you know we uh, shouldn't run the football what do people say who say you should it's body blows right it's it's mm. it's it's just really hard to put the burden on your quarterback every single snap or 85 90% it just it's it's very tiring it's nice as a quarterback to sometimes have the ability to just turn around, hand it off, and get some yards. Like that part of it is a really nice feature. So these are two quarterbacks doing a ton. Uh, will they be able to sustain it? I don't know, but they're doing a ton right now. Uh, and it'll be, a, it should be a pretty good game. It should be a good game. Do, who do you like in that one? This is an interesting one because the Browns have both of those teams uh, still looming. Obviously, Baltimore twice.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think Buffalo is just uh, playing really good ball overall, uh, obviously, outside of the run game. Uh, It should be interesting to watch how the Baltimore defense, which has not been playing well, decides to play that. Uh, You know, I I think you're right in terms of uh, the amount of stress you're kind of putting on that passing game because, um, you know, famously, I mean, what they went uh, into the playoffs, who was against? Was against the Chiefs? I don't think it was against the Chiefs. It was against the Patriots where they literally didn't run the ball in the entire first half
0: um yeah i think or was it the bank i can't remember i can't can't remember remember,
1: but i know that game exists it was a big game in the playoffs this last year and they did not run the ball a single time in the first half i don't remember like the crazy you know stats where like when's the last time that happened or anything but i think it it would have been insane if i could if i could recall it but um you know the the bonus that Baltimore should have at some point is they should get Dobbins back. Um, they should be able to attempt to kind of get back to some of uh, what they like to do in that offense, but it's not going to be this week. I think it should be an exciting game, but um, I would be surprised if Baltimore didn't uh, or excuse me if um, if Buffalo did not end up winning that um, probably by 10 plus, but you know they Baltimore. Also, you have to say, just finds itself in these insane games. I mean, maybe none as insane as last year, where they had, you know, just probably like six or seven games that were just bonkers at the end. And this could be one of those. But um, I do think that Baltimore's just not quite in a position, I don't think, to deal with where uh, Buffalo is. But um that's that's just my take on it, you know, I know Buffalo's got some injuries and that kind of stuff, so those things could be a factor, but that's that's where I'm at right now.
0: I'm with it. I think I understand where you're coming from on that one. Um you know, I would probably be a little more confident um from from Baltimore's perspective if they were if they had a little more wide receiver talent, right? So I, I think they've, they've been doing okay. Kind of feels like overachieving. We think Rashad Bateman's really good, but it kind of feels like they're otherwise sort of overachieving to me. Um, that's just my general hunch on it. So we'll see if they're able to maintain, but uh, I think some of that stuff is overachieving. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, again, like I said, it's two teams that are, that are overachieving significantly in my opinion. So, uh with 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 I shouldn't say overachieving. I think they're both good. I think both offenses are overachieving based on the lack of balance. Let me put it that way. So, I think that's a big part of why the Browns are the way they are in terms of like, hey, we we really want to be able to not only have a great quarterback, but also have the ability to to do the crazy run things that we like to do. I've tried to kind of illuminate that to people um, a little bit about how the Browns approached to this and why they went crazy uh, with with the quarterback situation they made because you know they they want to feel like they can do both which is what some of these teams KC with their struggles in in uh, in 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 Indianapolis if I could say the word uh, in Indianapolis they couldn't run the ball they they didn't run for a first down all day so that burden on your quarterback John that's the way the NFL is going can we how much burden can you put on your quarterback and I think that's a thing that's interesting. Uh, that Cleveland's trying to fight, you know what I'm saying? By 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 going about some things the way they're going about with the guards and the running backs and and all of that, and then they say, okay, now we'll throw in a quarterback, and we can win a bunch of different ways, right? We can win a bunch of different ways now. We can we can we can win a quarterback shootout type where we we can take advantage of this matchup, or we can just bully ball you. Come out in base against our eleven personnel, and we'll still bully ball you. It's what they did to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh played base against eleven personnel nineteen times. That's insane. And they still they still <laughs> killed it. So I think like that's a big part of, I think, the vision and why they, you know, made a move out of a little bit of desperation is because they see that vision. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do. And, you know, to your point on, on what their vision is for this offense, I would say that uh, the only thing I can kind of relate to it is when the, the defensive side of the ball was a little more favored in the early 2000s. This is what Bill Belichick was able to do with New England on their defensive side of the ball, which was just a kind of morph to whatever they needed on that particular week on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's not a perfect analogy, but I feel like that's kind of what the Browns are envisioning on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. As, as much as they can do, as many different ways as they can do it, that's what they're trying to do. The Stinkfest is the Jets-Pittsburgh game. It is the final of the uh uh, I don't know who Woody Johnson pissed off in New York's offices the NFL uh, but they get all four AFC North teams uh the first four weeks and they wrap it up with Pittsburgh as in my opinion would have been their most winnable game if they not pulled out the miracle in Berea I guess is uh, or the miracle in the lake in Cleveland from their perspective uh, I hate kind of hate saying it like that but <laughs> it was such a weird miracle uh but they 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 would be winless and uh, but but this is an interesting one in terms of if Pittsburgh loses this I like to think Pittsburgh would start to get a little desperate, John, and, and say, "Hey, we'll, we'll put out Pickett." But if you look at Pittsburgh's next few games, they go at Buffalo next week. Week six, they have Tampa Bay. So <laughs> I don't, I don't really envision. I think they have them week six. Let me find. Yeah, they're Pitt, Pitt, Tampa Bay travels to Pittsburgh week six. So those, those are like, uh, okay, that's that's uh, not a great first two games for your young guy to start. I guess you could look at week seven when Pittsburgh plays. Uh, they might be off. Nope, they go to Miami. So that's, you know, even another challenge because Miami plays all that aggressive co- aggressive coverage, right? So they're going to blitz him like crazy. So maybe there's not a great point for him to start until like week 8. God, week 8 they go to the Eagles. It's a really brutal schedule. <laughs> uh, I don't know, week 9? Who do they have week 9? Let's see if we can find an opponent for the, I think that's finally the Pittsburgh buys week 9, and then week 10 they host the Saints. And even the Saints bring a lot of pressure. They They defend extremely well despite being a terrible offense. So I, I think I just might have made Pittsburgh people really depressed as far as the rookie quarterback and where they <laughs> want to put him in. But if they lose this one, it's it's a long season, man, because that stretch I just said, through Week 10, really good defense, and then they finally host Cincinnati uh, Week 11. That's kind of it. That's, that sucks. That's hard. That's a tough run of games. Cleveland has a tough run of games too, but, you know, just looking at Pittsburgh and where they're maybe looking to try to upgrade their offense, the quarterback is the only spot, right? And it's like, ugh, that's uh, yeah. this dicey.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I got to think that they find a way to be this Jets team. It's pretty bad. Um, it's, uh, it would not surprise me to see them in the top three of the draft this year. Um, I hope
0: not. I, I really them to win like six or seven games, man. <laughs>
1: I hear you. I hear you. I, uh, the, you know, the, the um, oh, no, uh, no, I mean, uh, I mean the Jets. I mean, the
0: Jets. Oh, OK. They, yeah. Jets. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So I really do see them as probably, um, you know, top three in the draft type guys. Um, so I, I, I do think that Pittsburgh finds like a, a way to beat them just on this, you know, the weakness of, of the Jets just in general, even as, um, you know, I mean, if, if TJ was back, that obviously that would make a monstrous difference. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's not going to be a game you would ever want to watch. Um, but I think Pittsburgh probably finds a way to get a win. I think it's uh, uh, one of the cases where uh, I'm not going to mind it so much, knowing what's coming ahead for these guys.
0: Is it Garrett Wilson um, is back? I think he's playing, but but they they finally get um, Wilson. Hey, uh, yeah. It's- Garrett Wilson's back. And then Zach Wilson, uh, the Wilson brothers, he seems to be, is it, is it a good thing that he's playing this
1: weekend? I I really don't. I don't know that if they're at the top of the draft, that they're not taking CJ Stroud. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think that's their mission. Much like Cleveland's mission last year was to figure out if Baker could handle it. I think they need to be like acceleration course of figuring out whether this guy can be the guy
1: for them, which is unfortunate. He has the weapons. I mean, and not on the offensive line, uh, granted, you know, but, um, you know, in the same sense of uh, quarterbacks having a huge uh, role in – in the offensive line, the perceived offensive line play. Um, I think that they have to just start Zach Wilson as many times as they possibly can and just deal with those results so that they know if they're in a position to get one of these top quarterbacks, um, they should know um, whether or not they need to make that decision. They've they've certainly invested, at least at wide receiver, for sure. And, And Garrett Wilson looks like every bit the player that I ever thought he would be.
0: Yeah, he's a stud. And we're going to see another one this weekend uh, in Atlanta. We'll talk about it in just a minute. Our last break, last word from our sponsors, and then we will uh, wrap up with how we think the Browns need to play to beat the Falcons. We'll be right back. Okay, so this is a weird game, John. This is a Atlanta defense that is admittedly not very good. Thirty-second in success rate against the run. That's uh, obviously going to be somewhere the Browns attack. They don't do all too well against the pass either. They're a heavy cover two, cover three team. They don't play many quarters looks. Heavy two and three. They'll meet. They'll sprinkle in some six but they give up seam shots tight ends have been effective against them Jarvis Landry had a nice game against them week one uh, I think you're looking at a lot of opportunities for guys to get uh, shots uh, like up the hash marks that's kind of where where I would be attacking it's a very vulnerable spot their linebackers don't pass cover all too well they have one in my opinion defensive stud anymore I don't think Deion um they Mike Backer whose name I just forgot off the top of my head um Deion Jones, I think, is yeah, who it is. Yeah, yeah he's he's not quite the player he used to be, in my opinion, at least. Uh, and, and it's really Grady Jarrett. And then A.J. Terrell kind of came on uh, a little bit here the last year, but has been up and down to start this season. So the defense isn't the problem. It's the offense that gets interesting. It's, it's what's ironic is Arthur Smith is sort of a carbon copy, in a sense, of, of what Kevin Stefanski likes to do. He comes from the same coaching street tree. It's a similar style. He's got a mobile quarterback in Mariota, a similar type of mobile quarterback that uh, a guy who prefers to throw it but can get around and run and do some read option stuff and some RPO stuff, too, uh, can get creative with him. He's not near the talent that Deshaun Watson is, but it's a similar type. So, um, yeah, man, I, this team's weird. They have Kyle Pitts, who's an absolute stud. How do they handle him? JOK going... He said he's going to do indie drills tomorrow. We'll see what that looks like and whether his groin responds to it well. That's an important piece to that puzzle. Ronnie Harrison had the hamstring in pregame last week. Is he going to be able to go this week? Because they need as many safeties as they can to handle that guy. So there's just uh, there's just a lot of moving parts. And, and Miles and his injuries. Uh, is he going to play? I'm highly doubting that he plays in this football game. Uh, but if he does, uh, it's a bonus. But if he doesn't, you know, it's it's a really bad. Uh, it's a really bad D line and you start to really worry about things because Cordero Patterson has come into his own as a running back. He's, he's just, he's, he's pretty good. He's actually really good at it. And they're doing some different varied looks, giving some trouble. So it's a game, you know, I talked about this earlier in the week with another guest that the NFL is just super unpredictable. You never really think that it's weird. The NFL is weird. You never think that certain teams are going to lose or a team that stinks is going to play like bend over and, and just kind of you know, be pushed around and they're, they show up, and you never know. You never know. So people look at this Atlanta game, it's like, it's a game you got to win. And while on the surface I, I agree, I think this was the one I was always the most nervous about of all of the games to start the season. And it stinks they lost that Jets game because they need to come out of it 3-1. and But there are a lot of problem areas here. The good part is Cleveland's offense is playing really well, and they can put up points. But I don't love going to Atlanta, even against Mariota, who I'm not all too afraid of. I don't love Jacoby Brissett in a shootout. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, in fact, if I was going to say something um, uh, and you talk about being unpredictable, um, the uh, one of the things I never thought I'd probably say again, or at least very much um, is this idea where you want to hang on to the ball for as long as you can for long stretches throughout the game. This seems like a kind of a perfect game for that. You know, um, you don't have a great quarterback um, on the other side of the ball, You have a rushing defense that um, isn't well suited to being able to defend your attack. I, I would not mind some, you know, uh, multiple eight nine minute drives to just you know keep keep Mariano uh, uh, Mariota and the Atlanta offense as cold as possible throughout this game. It's just not a a strategy I thought I'd ever suggest again, but it feels right in this game to me. It
0: it's going to be. Ball cont- and we've talked about this nonstop. Can they continue to be effective run game players where they they keep the football out of out of the other team's hands? Can they average ten more minutes of possession? Can they get to ten to fifteen more plays? I think that will be extremely important, extremely important for them in this game to to play it that way. Because if you let if you fall behind, we have not really seen them fall behind, right? Um, mm-hmm. In the, in in a game. Like this, so I'm a little nervous about about how they can handle coming from behind and staying balanced and staying true to what's helped them find success. So I think this game, um, both quarterbacks, neither of these teams uh, want their quarterback to uh, to be playing catch-up ball. I think they're very nervous about that. So uh, that's something that we will be paying close attention to because if you can jump out a little bit, you you know the Browns have busted their share of coverages. We get that no lead has felt ultimately super safe, but that's the formula by which they have felt the most comfortable and um, until they get uh, a guy you feel a little bit better about at quarterback, you probably have to keep thinking that they are, uh, and the Jacoby's been good. He's been fine, but you just don't, you, know, you never want to fall behind, but there's just some teams that you feel comfortable, you know, we'll be okay. Right. We'll right. be okay. But, but, the, but you, you worry a little bit about the, the, how they handle that. Cause uh, I just don't know. I don't know what that'll look like. So um, that's, that's the early formula. How do they handle Grady Jarrett? Keep him out of the, Keep him out of the middle all right keep him away from changing the game with certain plays that he can make if they handle him I don't think they won't be able to run the ball I think it'll be fine running the football uh, but but again it's it's uh eliminating all the stupid stuff man busted coverages turnovers they they're not quite good enough to overcome all of that in my opinion so they better they better figure that stuff out that's what they have to figure out continue to figure it out they had a good week last week no turnovers and uh, zero busted coverages and look at the outcome. So that's what they have to do. Any other closing thoughts on the uh, Falcons?
1: No, no, I think that pretty much covers exactly how I feel going in here. So, you know, I think it's uh, going to be a game. I'm not 100% positive how it's going to go in terms of low score, high score, and uh, should be interesting from that route. And just like you said, I, I'm going to be happy coming out of this if we, uh, we cut the uh, brain dead stuff to a minimum.
0: Cut the brain dead stuff to a minimum. You hear, you heard it here. We're talking about playing smart football. Hopefully, uh, the defensive line is able to somehow find a level of respectable play in this one without their leader. I'm not saying he's out yet, but I just am looking at the uh, reading the leaves here, man. Especially the way his mom said that he'll return to football when he feels comfortable. Uh, you just, you just think he's probably not going to play. You probably shouldn't play anyway. You know, given what we saw from. Tua to tonight with that scary concussion, and I'm sure he was beat up. You know, he was ruled out of having a concussion, which I get, but yeah, man, I don't know. Just wouldn't, just doesn't, doesn't feel like a game worth risking uh, so much of, of of a person's body. No, going and you that. know
1: what? especially with like car accidents. If you know, if anybody um, listening, you know, has been a part of a, a major one, then you know that um, it takes time to feel all the effects, and I don't mean like a couple hours. I mean, a couple of days, like sometimes these things will emerge, you know, weeks later, you know, that that didn't um, that didn't feel like that uh, the day after. So,
0: yeah, stuff pops up later. That's a great that's a great way to put it. Um, Yeah. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks to John for hanging out with us. Thanks to you guys for showing up. Ironically enough, I don't know if you guys are super loyal listeners to this show, but when the Browns had the Falcons in the preseason last year, I brought on as a guest Miles Garrett, who works covering the falcons spells it with an i not a y he'll be previewing the falcons for us tomorrow so check that one out appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a friday go watch that movie everything everywhere all at once i think you will you'll enjoy it i hope i hope if it's your if that's your type of movie if you can appreciate that type of movie you'll enjoy it so i hopefully we will hear from a couple people on that one so thanks to john thanks to you guys appreciate y'all have a great friday and go browns